think Miss Pamela already read this uh, earlier today, but we'll go ahead and read it again. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'd like to take a few moments and ask the question, what in the world does this particular phrase mean? I think for many of us, we have an idea of what God is. God is a word that we use within our culture. It is something that we refer to on a fairly regular basis. Yes, the word God is used in curse words as well as in blessings. And the word God is probably one of the most universal concepts and ideas in the world. In Hebrew, this is the phrase Emmanuel, or pronounced Emmanuel. Everybody say El. This is what that name looks like in the original Hebrew. And I don't expect you to know or recognize that. I just kind of want you to see. It's a very short name. And it's actually a reference to a much longer name that's found in the Bible, namely Elohim. And some people have discussed at length as to what the name Elohim means, because the word Elohim is plural. Is it majesty? Is it multitudes? There's a lot of different things to consider with this particular name. But when the writer, especially in Isaiah and Matthew, refer to Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us, they're referring to a very specific idea of who God is found in their tradition. And what's fascinating is if you go back and look in the original language, there is that phrase. And again, I don't expect you to know the Hebrew, but if you notice the word Emmanuel is not a name, it's two different words. Does anybody see the space between the words? When it says the, the virgin will bear a child and she will name him Emmanuel, it is a phraseology, not necessarily yet a name. It is with us is this God, is this L that is in this Hebrew. What's fascinating, this is the Hebrew, this is the original passage from Isaiah chapter 7. What's fascinating is when this passage gets translated into Greek, notice what happens to the space. It goes away. And sometime between the writing of the original passage of Isaiah, chapter 7, and the translation into the Greek, they squished it together to be a proper name. The name is no longer with us God, but it's now with us God. <laughs> so the name Emmanuel takes on this new connotation, this new idea, this new development. Before we understood that God that long history and tradition found throughout our passages in our scriptures is with us. And then eventually it becomes a proper name 
Emmanuel, which is the name that we are all familiar with. But if we were to consider the breadth and the depth of meaning that is carried into that name, Emmanuel, we might discover that there's actually a huge amount in there that we may be missing if we simply just call it a name. For example, in Genesis chapter 1, first of all, Elohim created the heavens and the land. This is the very first instance, first naming of El in our Bibles. And the first instance and in naming of this of this God is not simply about Emmanuel being with us, but is about something much bigger. If you read the passage carefully, you hear about a God that takes chaos, darkness, covered waters, which are themselves a symbol of the abyss, and speak into that world, into that chaos, excuse me, speaks into that chaos and creates this beautiful world. And Genesis 1 is this poetic narrative that sets up a dynamic creation from chaos to order. This God is a power to put things in their right place. Day and night are separated. Light and day are separated. The land and the seas are separated. The birds and the animals are separated. Why? Because in one jumbled mess, they don't make much. But in their proper place and in their proper order, life can be had. Seed-bearing plants, herbs, fruit trees that bear fruit after their own kind. And then, of course, the culmination of that creation story is you and me. What in Hebrew is known as Adam, Adam, the human being, the person, the people. And this human being, this Adam, was to have dominion over all of this creation. And that dominion is meant to steward it well, to serve it, to care for it. And this power of this L in the beginning of Genesis took something that was dark, barren, desolate, no order, no purpose, no meaning, no ability to create life, and spoke into that chaos, into that darkness, and created something really wonderful created something really beautiful. Life. Living creatures. The idea that you and I can be here today. A habitable, habitable planet on which we can thrive. That same God of the creation story continues on in our narrative. When you hear about humans not behaving the way that they're supposed to be behaving... And so one particular set of humans decides that they have power and control and dominion and empire and force over another group of human beings, creating an institution of slavery and domination, control, power, subjugation. But those humans that are under that threat, under that control, cry out, and they're suffering. And that same Elohim, that created chaos, created creation out of chaos is this same Elohim in Exodus that heard their suffering and Elohim remembered his covenant with Abram and Isaac and Jacob and Elohim looked down, looked upon the Israelites and that's an and 
Elohim took notice of them. The same God of the Genesis creation story that transformed chaos into order is also the same God that looked down upon the Israelites and saw that their suffering was also great. The same God that heard, and if you notice, and you'll learn this in Garden to Garden for all of you, and I do mean all of you, since all of you are signing up for Garden to Garden coming up, that the Israelites did not actually cry out to God. They simply cried out under their pain and their suffering. And the same God of Genesis that created the world is the same God that heard, listened to the cry of the oppressed and the marginalized and those who had to bear the weight of oppression and empire. It seems at times in this story that God is absent. Of course it seems that way. This world is still broken. Part of the problem with being fruitful and multiplying is you multiply humans on the earth. That's also part of the problem. What's fascinating, if you read this story carefully, is that God doesn't just hear. God, L, God's self, actually comes down. And while we think that God comes down in the person of Moses, Moses becomes the representation. What's fascinating is that there's actually this phraseology. Look, I have made you, Moses, like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. And so not only is Moses a earthly person to whom God calls as a prophet, there is a metaphorical and symbolic presence in Moses to be like God to Pharaoh, and Aaron shall be a prophet. That event in Israel's history became such a powerful idea that they would refer to it over and over and over again. Ah, what kind of God are you talking about? This is the God that I am talking. This is the El that I am talking about. I am Yahweh, your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be slaves no more. Numbers chapter 15. I am Yahweh, your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your Elohim. Deuteronomy chapter 5. I am Yahweh, your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. When you ask an ancient Israelite, what or who is this God that you are referring to and talking about? This is the God that they are talking about. And just as that song ends, I'm going to bring you to where? Where am I going to bring you to? The promised land. That's exactly right. It's time? It's time? Did he just say it's time? We didn't have a lot of fun in the desert. We didn't have a lot of fun in the sand. But saddle up your cow and go behind us now. Because we're going to the promised land. For years I've eaten nothing but manna. A dish that is filling but bland. But now we're on our way. Oh, have a cheese to play. Because we're going to the promised land. And in the promised land it's gonna be so grand. We'll have our fill from the grill as much as we can stand. It'll be so great, oh we can hardly wait. Cause we're
So this same God that created Genesis, that freed them, was also the same God that went with them and was with them wherever they went. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For Yahweh, your Elohim, is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go? Yes. Wherever you go, even into the promised land. But of course, as you hear, sometimes that land is not exactly everything that it's supposed to be. We have loads, tons of archaeological, historical, written evidence of the fights and the battles and the empires that waged war and battled over this land. This same promised land that God gave to the Israelites, people wanted for trade, for power, for control, for produce, for livelihood. And even though the Israelites were in the promised land, were in that place that God had promised them, there was exile. There was the Assyrians. There was the Babylonians. Then there was the Greeks. Then there was the Ptolemies. Then there was the Seleucids. Then there were the Romans. And it goes on and on and on. Destruction and war. But that same God that was there was with them throughout and brought to them prophets and songs and people who spoke out and said, even in the midst of this exile, even in the midst of this destruction, no matter how much you see the walls burn, I am still going to call out for justice, for mercy, for righteousness, to put the world back. And I will raise up prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Amos. And these people are going to speak. And there's even going to be prophets, additional prophets that rise up from amongst you that will come and liberate and free you. Why? Because this L, this God, is always and has always been with you. So when we talk about God with us, when we say El is with us, we are not just simply saying a name, Emmanuel, which sounds nice on cards, really nice on songs, and flows off the tongue, really nice, Emmanuel. It's not just a great name of a head of state of France. This name, Emmanuel, with us is God in these writers' minds is bringing through a phenomenal cosmic power into this little itty-bitty living space. The same God of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, the prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs, Micah, Jeremiah, and even through what we call sometimes the Second Temple period, through all of that. That is the God. 
And so, if we were to read this again, or to consider this again, let's consider once again the creation in the beginning. Exactly where our gospel writers take us. They take us to the beginning because the same God of that Genesis creation is in that child, is in that baby, is present among us. You're telling me the the power of that story is here in that? Yes, that's what this story is saying. You're saying that the same God of Abraham's covenant, that I'm going to make you great and I'm going to make you a blessing to the world and all nations on earth are going to be blessed through, yeah, that same God is present here in this child. And this doesn't even make sense. I mean, look at this child. That child, yes, this child. And the fact that children continue to be born. The same God of the Exodus' liberation is in, that child is with you here. The same God of Deuteronomy's wisdom. The idea of giving you laws and guidance and direction. The same God that called you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for God is with you that led them into the promised land, that defeated the enemies, that raised up the oppressed and the suffering. The same God who said justice and mercy and compassion and righteousness, that same God of the prophet's call for liberation is the God we are talking about when we say that God is with us. The same God of the songs of the prophets is also with us. The one, the poets who sang about the trees clapping their hands and the oceans declaring the greatness and the goodness. Let everything that has breath praise this same God. Yes, doesn't make any sense, does it? But this, in this child, in this season, in this time, is the same God. And that same God is with us. It is an incredibly beautiful story that causes us to consider how oversimplified and commercialized we've made this story and just how incredible our story really is. As we move to a time of communion, I'm going to encourage you to consider that that same God throughout all of those stories that we just sang about, that we just talked about, is also present here. That same God is with us here. You are all invited to participate in the eating of the bread and the drinking of the juice for our time of communion. And even Jesus once again says that I am present even here. And as we do, we remember and thank God for the long history and the story that's been told and the one that we celebrate in this child and in these children amongst us. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All are welcome at this table, 
as we sing and participate in this celebration and commemoration of the same God throughout this entire history. Thank you.